So would you turn with me to the passage we began with, and that is the 29th Psalm. And if you do not have a Bible and you're new with us, welcome. We're really glad you're here. We're going through the Psalms. In fact, this is the last sermon on the Psalms for a while, and then we're going to actually, after Easter, study the book of Colossians for a while. But Psalm 29 is this morning, and if you don't have a Bible, there are two different versions of the Bible. They're the same ESV, but they're two different sizes, and they're in the chairs in front of you in pages 461 or page 430. If you don't have a Bible, please use that. I think it will help you follow along, because we're going to be looking at this text over and over again, and if you don't have a Bible... We say it again, if, you're not, if you haven't been here, we want you to take that one of those Bibles and keep it if you don't have one, or if you don't have a new one or one that maybe would fit with being here, Psalm 29 is where we're going to look at this morning. Do you know that this could be the very last Sunday that you have on earth? Maybe this is the last Sunday you'll ever be in this building. I was thinking on that this week. I don't understand the ways of God, but maybe this will be the last time he allows you to hear and not ignore his voice. This is the time of the morning when we hear, and oh, I pray we hear not the voice of one of the pastors, but we hear the voice of the Lord through a human instrument a preacher far too unworthy to proclaim such a glorious word, a message. And yet in old times, God spoke through a bush, a burning bush. And he spoke through the mouth of a donkey in numbers. And he spoke through frail and broken prophets like Jeremiah and Moses, who said they didn't have any eloquence. And so he speaks through us today, through woke boat broken people. I wonder if we dabble on Sunday mornings with the things of God. Just dabble. Oh, we're just going to come and we're going to just do that because we go to church and that's what good Christians do. Do his words pass our ears and find very little attention and interest in us? Oh, I pray that we'll listen to God's word this morning and hear his voice. I can be such a poor listener sometimes. Oh, sometimes I do well, but sometimes I can be so bad. I can folk, I can talk to somebody and I can focus on something else as they describe certain to me, and I need to snap out of my selfish ways. I can find myself in a conversation and I lose track of of what he is saying or she is saying because my agenda seems so important and has distracted my mind and it drifts. May God help me and may God help us this morning ponder an all-encompassing subject this morning. Let's look at this psalm once again. Psalm 29. It says it's a psalm of David and this is what David says. He says, verse 1, Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord, glory to his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The voice of the Lord thunders. The Lord over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. 
The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon to skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forest bare. And in his temple, all cry, glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the, peop- the flood. The Lord sits as king, enthroned as king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. Dear friends, this is the very voice of the Lord. And if you stare very long at these verses, you could make some quick observations and you'll see the word, the Lord, over and over and over again. Ascribe to the Lord. Worship the Lord. The voice of 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 the Lord. The Lord sits. May the Lord give. May the Lord bless. Eighteen times the psalm says the Lord. The Lord is central to this psalm and to your life and to this universe and to this world. The first two verses of this psalm give instruction and it gives it, notice, to heavenly creatures. It says, ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly creatures, or O heavenly beings. He's saying, all you angels in heaven, give glory to God, give honor. And he says, give glory to him for his strength and for his glory. Give glory to his name. He says, you are to declare it the greatest and the most glorious creatures, all the creatures of the world who could boast in their beauty and honor. He says, turn away from yourself and give glory to God. Now, the point of this isn't for us to just, if we happen to talk to angels, we should pass this word on to them. This, the point of this passage is for if the greatest of all the, hum, the created beings of the universe, heaven's are to give glory to God all and boast not in themselves but in God. We must boast in the Lord our God. And he says, and what you should boast on, you should boast in his glory, his radiance and beauty, and his strength. There is no one like him in his strength. All that's due his name, give him glory. Now what about his glory and strength? Does he want us to see this morning and give him praise for. Well, you don't have to go very far, and if you were to stare at this text very long and read it over and over again, you say, yes, the Lord keeps popping up 18 times, but right in the middle, verses 3 through 9, we find the voice of the Lord. You see that? The voice of the Lord. Seven times to be exact. In fact, that's in human customs, when they write 
The number seven had to do with the number of perfection. And I think it's very clear that David writes it seven times. And he wants us, as we sing this psalm, as we read this psalm, we meditate this psalm, and we sit before God and say, God, instruct me from the psalm. He wants us to say, the voice is something that you must pay attention. It is perfect. It is complete. It is truthful. And what does he say about his voice in verses Three through really to the almost really to the end of the psalm, even though he he ends talking using the word the voice of the Lord after verse nine. The point here he wants us to hear the voice of the Lord is everything. The voice of the Lord, what does it do? Well, we see if we were to look here and if we were to look elsewhere into this book. We would ponder just for a minute, and that's what this psalm begs us to do. It welcomes us, you, the believer, you, an attender, you, a searcher, calls us to listen to what does God say about the voice of the Lord. Do you hear his voice? Well, the voice of the Lord, what does it do? It gives life. You could go right to the book of Genesis right at the beginning, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. And he, let, he divided the waters from the land with his, the power of his voice, his word. And when Jesus was on earth, all he had to do was speak to Talitha, the little girl who had died, be alive, and she was made alive. All he had to do is look at a tomb and speak with his voice and say, Lazarus come forth, and a dead human being, after four days, came to life. The voice of the Lord gives life. And the voice of the Lord rules and directs and fulfills. Realize that? The voice of the Lord is ruling today. The, The picture of this psalm is a little bit different if you don't understand the geography of Israel. In Israel, you have a sliver of land, and on to the west of Israel, you actually have the Mediterranean Sea. And on the north of Israel, you have the nation of Lebanon. It's mentioned in the psalm. And the Israelites, as they hear this psalm, they have a picture. And that is a picture of, well, when the rains come to water the earth, one of the things it does is a storm rises up in the Mediterranean. And it comes across from the west and the north. And it comes down. And it comes west. And it makes its way. And it goes through Lebanon. And, oh, Lebanon, they're known for the great cedars, the cedars that made the temple of Solomon. These, these cedars, when a storm comes of the kind that we see with lightning and thunder and a tornado-like fierceness, it comes through and it breaks the cedars. And as it breaks the cedars, it comes powerfully through and it comes through the mountains of Lebanon and they skip like a calf these great mountains and hills in Syrian, which is Mount Hermon. And these mountains are moved and and shaken because of the storm. And they make their way through Israel, through Jerusalem, all the way down to the southernmost regions of Kadesh in the wilderness. And the booming voice of the Lord through the thunder and his light through the lightning shakes the wilderness. And the psalmist says, we see that. Every year, many times, 
It is the voice of the Lord. And it should make us say glory. And the psalmist is saying, what does the voice do? It, just like you see it coming and watering the earth, and it's the Lord's voice, causing plant life and causing the greatest trees to tremble and mountains to skip and the wilderness to shake. So this God rules and directs and he fulfills and fills with his voice. Friends, he rules the oceans. He rules the mountains with his voice. The trees will make more life this year. They will grow because of the voice of the Lord. It's not just, we say, oh, it's just natural processes. What, who says it's natural processes? Science do, yes, but God works through the natural processes of this world, but it is his voice saying, work through natural processes. And at the moment he says to cease, he will cause it to cease. All weather, the grayness of today is from the voice of the Lord. And the sun that will come up tomorrow or this week, maybe, or whenever when we see actually the sun shining in Michigan, will be because of the voice of the Lord. The animals that come out in the spring, the birds that come from the south and head back to the south. They're from the voice of the Lord, the sea creatures. In fact, he, Paul, or God wants us to know this. And in Isaiah chapter 46, he says, From old, of old, I am there. There is no other. There's none like me. I declare, I, I declare with my voice the end from the beginning. And from ancient times, things that have not yet been done, saying, my counsel will stand. Whatever I say will happen. And I will accomplish all my purposes even to the point that I will take my Messiah and allow him to be crucified on a cross and fulfilling all prophecies because my voice matters. I call a bird, this is right from Isaiah 46, I call a bird from, of prey from the east, I beckon it, and the man of counsel from a far country, the reason you live in the Linden area or whatever town you live in ultimately is from the voice of the Lord leading and moving. The voice of the Lord sustains. The only reason why I will finish this sermon, if I finish this sermon, is because he will sustain me by the voice of his power. The only reason why you'll finish this sermon and service alive is because he is sustaining you. He is sustaining the orbit of planets and he sustains the gravity and all of the laws of the universe with the voice of his power. You say, where is that in the Bible? You could see it in many places, including Hebrews 1. And I'm talking not just the God of the Old Testament, Jesus Christ, where it says that Jesus Christ upholds the universe by the word of his power. That's his voice. He upholds the universe by the word of his power. Or in Colossians chapter 1, it says of Jesus, all things were created by him and for him. 
are all things. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So in some way, the Bible reveals that this voice that we don't always hear, but is happening, he is right now sustaining you to the end, to the last breath of your life. That's the voice of the Lord. And the voice of the Lord reveals. It reveals to us what God wants us to know about him. Anything I just said about God and about his voice, about his voice sustaining and ruling and directing and fulfilling and giving life, I didn't make up or just speculate. I got it from his revealing himself to me through this book That's all my authority. I preach his book. His voice is to be our message. He reveals to us his word through this book, the Bible. He speaks to us so that we will know him. So we will know about him. He wants us to know certain promises and certain character and his way of redemption. He wants us to know what he requires of us. He spoke directly to men sometimes. He spoke on a mountain. He spoke through a burning bush. He spoke through the writing on the wall with a finger in Babylon. He spoke through the prophets. And they wrote down things. And they went and they delivered a message to Israel. And it was written down so that you and I would know that God has spoken and his voice is to us. We cannot help but look at Psalm 29 this morning in which he says, angels glorify God by reflecting on the voice of the Lord. For us to go, the voice of the Lord is in all the weather and all of life and the voice of the Lord is right here. What do I do with the voice of the Lord? The voice of the Lord is in scriptures, Old and New Testament, all 66 books. Every one of them is so good. We should never be embarrassed by one phrase. When we don't understand it, we just don't understand it. But God's ways are always better than our ways. And God's book is our authority. All scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for our teaching because we need to be taught. It's for our reproof because we need to be changed because we're often going in the wrong direction. For our training because we are naturally not in the right place. For righteousness because we are not righteous so that men and women would be made mature and complete to know God and his will. I love this phrase. I've The words of the Bible are God's very words. It's from the creator speaking to us. They are completely truthful. They are pure and they are powerful. They are wise and they are righteous. We should read these words with reverence and awe. We should stop and almost say, he's he's reading the Bible right now. That's God's word. He is, she is, She is sharing God's word right now. We're going to read the word tonight in life group. Mom is opening the Bible and reading it to us today. He just texted me a verse. I'm going to read that. It's the word of God. These words give us eternal life because they bring us to God through Jesus Christ. Can you think of anything more important in your life than to hear, to pay attention to the voice of the Lord? 
in the Bible? Do you value it? Do you fear the voice of the Lord? We fear the voices of other people all of the time. I can do it all the time. I can, I can care more about what you think about me than what God wants of you. I, I, I'm wired that way, and you are too. We can fear strangers in what they think. We can fear our boss. We can, fear, we can be more concerned. We can, we can say it this way. They, other things become the weightiest thing in our lives. And yet it ought to be God's word. The God's word that we see in this psalm thunders. This God's word that breaks the cedars. God's word that changes and brings life to a deer. It is the most valuable reality in our lives. Do you pay attention to the voice of God's word? Did you do that this morning? Are you doing that right now? We do that tonight. The rest of your life. Open your eyes and look for God's voice. And I say, what? It's something you hear, right? No, it's something you also see, like we see in the Psalms. As we look around and we see and trust that God is working, His voice is working in our lives. Open your eyes to the works of, his, of your life and look at them through the lenses of Scripture. He does bring trials and sicknesses and difficulties and afflictions, including temptation to sin and your failures, and He is at work in them, and He is growing you. And this is the voice of the Lord at work in your life. The voice of the Lord keeps your heart beating and your kidneys working. The voice of the Lord keeps the economy going and the internet online. And the voice of the Lord is over all things. Do you hear his voice? Oh, there is nothing more important for us to hear his voice. When Jesus came to earth and Pay attention to what John chapter 1 says. What is Jesus called? The Word made flesh. Jesus is the Word of God. What's the Word? It's another word. It's the voice of God. He is the Word, the voice of God. Jesus came. And in His coming, He came and brought God in a greater way. He spoke to us through His Son, Jesus, Hebrews 1 says. And when Jesus came, he said these beautiful words, I am the good shepherd. Now hear this, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. They hear my voice and they follow me because they believe on me. And, and whoever believes on me, shall not perish but have everlasting life. To believe on me is to receive me, to, to turn away from other things and receive me as king and as shepherd and as true drink and true bread of life, the true way, and there is no other. Oh, do you hear, have you heard the voice of Jesus? Not literally, most likely, but as you hear God's word from a preacher or from a teacher or from a message online or, or through a song or through your own reading, and you say, he is the one. Where else should I turn, Lord? Where else should I turn? You have the words of eternal life. 
the voice of the Lord, do you hear him? A mark of a real Christian, a mark of a true Christian is that you hear his voice and you respond in faith. Now, what does this psalm specifically teach us about God's voice? Will you look at this psalm with me, these verses? This psalm says his voice is supreme. His voice is supreme. It says, the voice, verse 3, the voice of the Lord is over the waters. In, in the Old Testament, waters, in the Bible, waters symbolize often chaos and evil. He's over the waters. Friends, he was over the waters when he saw the wickedness of man and said, I'm going to judge. And he sent, and by the word of his power, he created the flood that rained 40 days and 40 nights and destroyed all human flesh. All that breathed on the earth perished, except for those who were in the ark by his provision, Noah and his family. He was over the Red Sea when he brought his people into, out of Egypt. And they came to the Red Sea and they could not get through. And God, all his voice did was say, be opened. And the walls of the Red Sea were opened and they went through safely. And yet God, when he planned it, exactly destroyed the Egyptians as they followed them. The voice of the Lord is over the waters of your life. Isaiah 43 says, when you walk through the waters, they will not overflow you. They will not destroy you if you are his. The Lord's voice is over your cancer and your relationship troubles. It's over your boss and over your children and over your marriage and over all the powers of this country that you could fret over. He is the Supreme Court, and His decrees will ultimately be accomplished. His voice is over, we see here in the Psalms, over all. It's supreme. And we see in this Psalm, His voice is jolting. The God of glory thunders. How many of you enjoy a good old thunderstorm? How many of you hate thunderstorms? Some of you. Not as many, because we live in a day that I don't know many people that die from thunderstorms, but they do. But oh, they can be jolting. When that thunderclap comes right near your house and shakes you to the bones. Have you had your soul split by the nearby thunder? God is speaking. It's not just God bowling or moving furniture. He is speaking. He is saying, I am God. See my power of my voice. Does he have your attention? His voice thunders through ordinary preachers and Sunday school teachers and Bible studies and faithful moms who read to their children, and dads who have their devotions even though they have a hard time knowing how to do it well, and through grandpa and grandmas and neighbors as they share the message of the faithfulness of God. God thunders in the hearts of people. If you are truly saved, God chose to, with his power, speak his voice thundering to your heart 
and wake you up. I've heard some of your testimonies that are astounding and they cannot be explained except the thundering voice of God in your life saying, I'm changing the course of your life. Jesus is real. You will give an account to him. Wake up. He thunders. The God of glory thunders. We pray that God, when when I send a text out to say, pray for Sunday morning, we pray that God will work through his word, his voice, every, every Sunday, thundering to the children and to the teens and to the parents and to singles and to married and to divorce and to elderly and to empty nesters and to widows and widowers, to all of us, members, saints of God and visitors or unbelievers here attending, and that he would thunder in our hearts the truth of God and shake us so that we would listen and obey His voice in this psalm is powerful. It's really powerful. He says that. The voice of the Lord is powerful. He shows it here. He breaks the cedars of Lebanon. The strong and mighty timbers crack. We see that when thunderstorms come through. These giant trees fall to the ground. He moves mountains in its way. He lightens the darkness. That's what I think that verse, he flashes forth flames of fire. His lightning goes out through his voice. He shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. He causes the deer to give birth. He reveals and he strips the forest bare. The voice of the Lord is powerful in this earth. And at any moment, all the powers of nuclear energy and power and weapons are nothing compared to the power of God. In the physical universe, in the nations and governments of this world, and in the spiritual life of a believer. It says here that he strips the forest bare. He reveals when he comes through and powers, and oh, the voice of the Lord, I do pray, will come week after week, including this morning, and strip us bare. The word is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It is dividing and piercing the heart and dividing the soul and revealing sin and distinguishing believer and unbeliever. I pray that this morning he would strip bare to us and help us to see our misery and our sin apart from him. And if you're here this morning and you have not yet surrendered and given your life to Christ, you might hear his voice saying, now is the time, do not delay. You do believe, now follow him. May he week after week reveal to us the freedom over our sin Some of you this morning are broken with despair and depression. Some of you are enslaved with addictions and hidden sins or are paralyzed by fear and anxiety or controlled by bitterness and unforgiveness. Some of you are savaged by grief with the loss of loved ones or their abandonment in your life. Some of you feel really lonely and worthless and the word of the Lord can revive your soul, set you free, Change everything. 
and heal you. The voice of the Lord is powerful. And as we get to the end of the psalm, we see the voice of the Lord is majestic and it comes from a king. I've been talking about that king throughout. Yes, it's the king revealed, the king of Yahweh, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, 18 times. It's that king I'm talking about, the king of Israel, the king who has set up his kingdom and will rule forever. But that king is specifically given to us as we enter into the New Testament at Christmas and in the coming of Jesus Christ. He says, the Lord is majestic, and it comes from a king. Verse 10, the Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. The voice that you hear, and I am to hear every Sunday and this morning, and I'm going to say every day, pick up this book and read it. Drive to work listening to it. Go home and read it together. If, you're a, if you have a family, read it with a family. If you don't have a family... Ask someone in, your church, in this church to read it with you and to study God's word together. Join a life group. But this book speaks to us, the voice of the king. And what does that mean? That voice of the king says, I will be obeyed. I sit enthroned as king forever. The prophecies of Isaiah 9 are true. There, was, there is a king that has come. His name is Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace, Mighty God. And his government, the government will be on his shoulder and he shall reign forevermore. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, he says. By who? God the Father. And he says, go disciple the nations to bow to King Jesus and to listen to his voice that thunders and creates life and saves souls and calls sinners to repent and breaks the broken, heals the brokenhearted and changes everything, the history of the world and the history of the last 2,000 years is God in his mysterious way, sometimes camouflaging his victories with setbacks, is working to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, the message that Jesus is king. Now, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to bow the knee? He is at work declaring that voice, and he uses you and me as we submit to this word, as we go to this word, as we obey this word, and we say, Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. He died for my sins. He is now my Savior, my King, and I follow him, and it's not about my kingdom. My life as I pray to him, my life as I live for the rest of my life and my days, whether I'm a young teenager or whether I'm very close in age to meeting him, I am to say, I am to call to Jesus the king and say, Jesus, I am not asking you to enter into my kingdom and fix up my life so my life will be how I want it to be, but I surrender to your kingdom and to your reign, because it is always better. Oh, let your voice reign in my heart. This king tells the thirsty to come and drink. The desperate, unsatisfied to say, your soul is meant to be satisfied in me. You're hungering 
You're meant to find your food in me. You're lost and heavy laden. I give you rest in me. Do you listen to the king? Do you need his guidance? Yes, you do. Do you go to the guidance of the king? When you're struggling with decisions in your life, do you ask, how might I please him and what does God's word have to say? Maybe I need to get somebody to help me discern what God's will is for me from this book. Do you need comfort this morning? Do you listen to the voice that this psalm is speaking of? The voice of the king who reigns forever and is over your flood. The voice, do you need to help defeating sin? Have you taken the armor of God, the word of truth? Have you looked at the promises of God that he will never leave you or forsake you, that you have died with him and you're alive now with him? The voice of the Lord, his word, is the authority that we are to submit to. Friends, we will have no eternal life if we have not learned to submit to the voice of the Lord, our king now. Doesn't mean we earn our salvation or keep our salvation. It's the mark of truly saved people. An evidence of them is they hear his voice and they follow and they obey. When Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount... Some of you will say, Lord, Lord, and I will say, depart from me, I never knew you. Because the mark of whether you are known by me and are in my kingdom is that you hear the voice of the Lord and you do it because you believe it and you trust it and obey it. And week after week, God brings us into this room. Day after day, God gives us this word in order for us to have our our drying up faith that so easily drifts another way, re-strengthened, rekindled. That's why he puts us in a church to watch and has shepherds and elders watching over our souls. Why we together pray for each other and care for each other to help each other out. We get to be messengers of the voice of the Lord, saying, continue to look to Christ. What a comfort to have this king in his voice. What an insurance to know that we have a king who went to the Father's right hand and is interceding for us. We have the voice of the Lord who prays for us, Jesus, and pleads our case for us if we have looked to Christ. Take the truth of his voice, and apply it to your work, to your health, to your family. His voice is everywhere. Trust him, obey him. He gives you life. He rules, he sustains, he reveals, he blesses. Oh, the gospel is the voice among all the voices that rings and makes us hear his voice. He has made a way for rebel sinners to be rescued. He gives grace and forgiveness for sins. He removes guilt and punishment. He makes us family, and he adopts us as his children. How does he do this? Jesus, the voice of the Lord, the word of God, coming in flesh, the king who came. He came, and he declared that Satan would not have the last word with his voice. 
He was over the waters of judgment. He thundered from heaven as the, he suffered on the cross for us. His voice was the voice of the majesty as he hung on the cross and said with his voice, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And he shook every wilderness and mountain as he declared with his voice, it is finished and accomplished for you and me. And he died and he rose again. He did it for our sins and for our justification. That if you have repented and received his free gift through faith, it is yours. The last thing I want to say about the voice of the Lord, verse 11, the voice of the Lord brings grace. This psalm ends with a benediction. A, and, and it says, may the Lord give strength to his people, but really has the sense the Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. And this is the benediction from number six. May the Lord bless you and keep you. You see, when the voice of the Lord comes and saves you and me, he says, you are now blessed. I speak life to you. I bless you. I put my name on you in Jesus Christ. And so what does this should mean for us? In conclusion, some of us, some of you in this room, it might mean that you need to obey the voice of the Lord that's declared and is, is terrifying in Psalm 29. You need to hear and obey the voice of the Lord by surrendering your life to Christ this morning. You need to repent of your sins and ask him to save you and obey him by getting baptized and submit yourself to a body of believers who will watch over your life. If you repent of your sins and ask him to save you, he will save you. Open your eyes and pay attention to his voice. And for the rest of us believers, let us open our eyes daily. Let this pastor open his eyes daily to his voice and repent of our sins and trust him for his grace and for his ruling. Take this Bible and read it this week. Meditate on it. Take this psalm and read it this week. Take Jay's message next week, which is Matthew 21, 1 through 11. It should be in the bulletin. And read it this week and ponder it and say, God, let me hear your voice. Seek him. Meditate on it phrase by phrase. Think on his truths, his promises. Ascribe to the Lord, O church of God, O faith church of Linden. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord by making his voice the most important thing in your life. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would... I pray that you would do what you said you would do through your voice, your word. You said that just like the waters coming down on the earth, they don't just return to heaven, but they come into the earth and water it, and they produce a fruit exactly to how you intend it. God, I pray that the voice of this morning's message from Psalm 29 and from the scriptures, I pray that this voice, your voice, would bring fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.